You are now listening to the Whipped Cream Podcast with Bianca Harris and Chantel Chapman. Welcome back, podcast fam. I just wanted to take a few minutes and tell you guys a little bit about um, some really exciting things that Chantel and I are working on. Chantel just launched her business that she's been working so long and so hard on, The Trauma of Money, and she's a fantastic um, mindful money and compassionate coach. And check it out, thetraumaofmoney.com. She has online courses, a full faculty, and she's worked so hard on it and taught me so much about my money story and continues to every time I have a breakdown. So definitely check it out. Um, Just a really great offering for anyone who needs, you know, help in that field, which is all of us. Um, Help with your money story and narrative and um, just healing different traumas around that. So definitely check that out. And I just launched our first online seminar for WIP Wellness. I'm really excited about it. We've never done an online course or seminar before, so I'm really excited. I will be facilitating it. I will leave the Eventbrite link in this uh, description. And it's basically a course to make an intention that you've had into reality, right? So we all have things that we want to work on and things that we intend to do at the beginning of the year, at the top of the year, that literally just don't end up happening because we don't have the tools to make that happen. Um, We are all in the same boat, I think, with different things in our lives. And it doesn't have to be just about business and work. It can be about dating and finances or any intention that you have that you want to see, that you have lingering in your mind, that you want to see come into reality. That's what this course is for. Um, all the details are on our Eventbrite page, which you can find at Whip Wellness and um, my personal Instagram at I am Bianca Harris, and it'll give you the full rundown. But essentially, the course will be uh, over the period of about 40 days, and we check in three times during the 40 days. You're partnered up with a partner, an accountability partner, who's going to kind of keep you in the game of making this intention come to life. And then during each session, we'll have check-ins and give you different homework on how to make that happen, and little meditations and visu- visualization techniques um, to make it really come to fruition um, like I said full details are on the event page uh, a bunch of tickets have sold already and it it is limited space so if you're even thinking about doing it just do it because if it's lingering in your mind and you know I usually I usually tell myself if I'm like kind of thinking about something over and over again that means somewhere deep down in there I really want to do it even though I'm scared to so I just kind of jump into it anyway um, I'm really excited to meet all of you um, get started and I'm really excited to be doing it in this format so um, yeah check out what we've been doing we're really excited to kind of even you know this podcast is a launch pad for all of the other things we're doing as well so um, yeah check it out and let's get the show started today we have a guest on with us today I'm gonna let you introduce yourself Okay. Uh, my name is Arielle Salier. Um, I do a lot of things and I'm quite awkward about introducing myself. <laughs> so I uh, will start with my first job. I'm entertainment and influencer marketing at Adidas. Um, I work between the New York and LA markets. I basically do talent relations there. And then I also own two businesses. Um, one is Moody Maids, a residential cleaning service. And filet mignon is a creative service, a creative agency. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. It's hard to do fucking bios, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have so many questions. Um, uh, your moody, um, moody maids business. I was taking a look at your Instagram. Mm-hmm. You should be acknowledged for the best design uh, cleaning business that exists. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was like, this is so cool. I wish you guys were here because I just like the branding is so amazing. Maybe tell us a little bit about what inspired you to make a business like that. Well, uh, I moved back to the States a year and a half ago. Um, I, my mom passed away in August, 2018. And I, I was like, unfortunately living in Europe at the time. And basically like she passed away the night before my flight. So Mm. it was like rough situation because I got back and I, I was, my life was in Europe for the last like seven and a half years prior to that. And I, um, I just didn't know what I was going to do. I was a professional DJ over there and making all my money that way. But my 
my financial worth was in being in Europe, being an American, playing in Europe. People knew me there and I didn't have the same sort of like things going on here. So when I moved back, I was just like sort of scrambling because I had to lean on my father for the transition of coming back to the States. I didn't have a job or anything. Uh, I did luckily end up finding a job. I, I started at V-Files um, shortly after my mom passed away. I was head of community and music there for a little while. And um, I think about, it was like a week after her funeral in September, I came to visit a friend in New York to go on my interview for V-Files. And I stayed at his place and he's like, uh, Maxwell is a designer. He owns public school and he, I mean, I guess he lives in a really cool, like chic apartment. So his cleaner woman was there while I, well, he was at work one day and I was just like depressed sitting on his couch watching insecure <laughs> and she was cleaning the whole apartment around me. And I was just watching her and how detailed she was and how she like, she like refilled his LaCroix waters and like changed his sheets and like did everything the way he likes it. And I was like, wow, like she's so awesome. And I tried to speak with her, but she didn't speak English. And I was just like feeling sort of uncomfortable, but also like, wow, like this woman is so great for, you know, working so hard. And I mean, it's a luxury to be able to have someone do that for you. And so in my head, I was like, wow, it just like a ding went off in my head because a large part of my concern at that moment was like, how do I get financially stable right away? So I'm not borrowing money from my dad in this transition because he can't do it. And then how do I help my brothers? Because this is like, it's just rough, like when you lose a parent. Um, So I was like, you know what, like, I want to start a maid company. And I didn't have any idea about the branding behind that. I wasn't really thinking about that. I was just like, let's start a business, a family business. So instead of us leaning on each other, taking finance, uh, taking money from each other, we can work together and make money together. And everyone's financially independent at that point because we're doing it together. And my dad like loved the idea the minute I told him and we played around with the names a few times and moody stuck (laughs) I thought about moody because I was just like dude like I'm a very moody person and and, yeah I'm a cancer I'm very moody and uh you know I have my phases of depression every now and then and if you know something about depressed people is like when you have a you could be the most OCD clean person but when you're in your phase you just can't lift a finger Oh, that's so true. What do you mean? Like everything everywhere. So that's like where I kind of got the nameplay. And yeah, then I, my dad gave me half of the money for my business license and half the money for the design. And we were just like, okay, we're partners. (laughs) That's so cute. Yeah. Like uh, from then on, it was up to me to work on the branding and stuff like that. And like, I've never started a business before by myself. So you know, I, I was scared, but I was like, I have nothing to lose at this point. Like when you, when you lose somebody like, and, um, you go through something like grief, like you really are just like, life is so short. So let me just do everything I can, everything I want to do and just give it my all. And you want to take care of the people you love. So that was like my driving, my drive. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That is so beautiful. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. What an incredible story. Like, and what a resilient um, approach to like help elevate your family and yourself in a time of grief. Yeah. We're still a work in progress. That's for yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But still like to have that for you guys to come together. That's so, so amazing. Yeah. What I think is really cool about it is that you, like you said, you're still a work in progress and it's, your mom right so it's something that you'll probably never get over that's your mom yeah but it's also taking that energy and that grief and that sadness and channeling it into something yeah really beautiful like that's the definition of creativity yeah with all of the work that I do I've talked to a few people who have lost parents who are in the creative industries and we've all said the same thing that like when you lose a parent you feel like 
it's like strange. You feel like you get some strength after the hard times. Like you feel really low, obviously in the beginning I'm in like my, I'm past the first year. So, and the first year was the hardest, but I have been in therapy and stuff and like shout out to Danielle because she got me through a lot of things, but you, you basically get blessings. Well, without being too spiritual, you get blessings from your, your deceased parents. And Mm. sometimes it's like in the format of like luck, I feel Mm. like, like Mm. this was the most like lucky year I've ever had of my life, but it was also the worst year of my life. You know, like with all of my opportunities, everything happened like hand in hand, you know? And I, I just like think, I think it's God and I think it's my mom yeah that made that happen and even having the strength to like be strong enough to like get up and go to work after that happened I don't I was out of my mind I lost my memory for some of that part Mm -hmm. but I did it you know what I mean and I'm on the other side now where I'm more aware and I can think about how I was able to do it but I really just like think it was just like pouring down from heaven or something this is what it is you know Wow. It just shows how strong you are, but how selfless you are to create um, a business that you said could serve people who are in a state like you're talking about, who can't do the things like clean. Yeah, that's, you know, a bigger, that's a bigger part of the business topic that I like should tell you guys about is that I, especially with Donald Trump being president and stuff like that, like he made a huge attack on immigrants this past, these past couple of years. And Mm -hmm. when you're an American, um, everywhere you go, everything you do, go to the restaurant, go to the gym, go to Equinox, like Equinox, there's Spanish women picking up your towels, cleaning up after you when you leave your hair in the shower, like when you're too lazy to put your razor in the trash can, someone's doing that for you. And like, cooking and preparing your food at restaurants, cleaning up after you, you know what I mean? Like all these people, where do you think they come from? And building, building the construction on the roads. Like, do you think all those people are legal? No, they're not. They're getting paid like lower wages than what you and I would accept to do these jobs. So, you know, cause nobody wants to do them. So that was another thing I got so angry about because like, it's just unfair that these people are being having to go through such struggle and not like have easy access to just work these shitty jobs that nobody wants to work. Yeah. It was like, how can we like put more pride back into it? How can we make it more normalized? How can we take the stigma off of this? Like, I think like right now, a lot of my staff, they, they're like graphic designers, students, models, they do, they're just like normal people, but they are working this job to supplement their dreams and the things they're going after. And I feel like it, it kind of like takes away from the thing that like your maid has to be an older Spanish lady that you Mm -hmm. underpay, you know, Mm -hmm. I I want those people to work for me too. But I think that first we have to say like, everyone can do this job. You're not too good to do it. I'm not too good to do it. Yeah. I go to the jobs too. I clean up people's houses. Mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram. I have 50,000 followers. Who cares? Mm -hmm. I'm not too good to do that. Yeah. That's amazing. And is there um, like, uh, are you doing something within the business to make sure that um, there's like fair compensation? Because I know often people when they're hiring um, someone to clean them clean like they're constantly looking for like cash deals that and that's another thing it's just like there's I'm a money coach so I'm constantly like looking at like um the way we interact with money and one thing is too is like how much money you pay someone to do something yeah like always trying to like undercut and save money is there's just, there's an energy about it that feels like not in alignment with like being in a place of abundance and also honoring and respecting our like fellow humans. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, we start everyone out at 15 to $20 an hour. I think yeah. that's like the kindest thing to do. Yeah. It's good for my business model, but right now that's what I feel like is fair. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're small, we're a small business. So it's like, 
I'm still learning. I don't, my, my service packages aren't perfect right now. Maybe yeah. I'm charging enough, like what I'm learning and it's something I want to grow with. And I do definitely need like an, a business advisor for this next chapter of us growing. But yeah. for right now, yeah. Taking care of employees was like the first thing that I thought about. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You're going to help give them to a, a voice to, you know, their, their value and their worth. And even just the way you created the business, you're like, I don't want to, um, like I want everyone in my family to be fully financially independent, you know, like it just feels like that essence runs through your business and extended to your staff, which is amazing. And I just want to say, um, if you're listening and you hire a cleaner, ask yourself, what would it take for you to give them an additional $5 an hour? Yeah. Like if you're in a privileged place to hire a cleaner that you get every day. Yeah. Like what, would it costs, like, let's say they, they clean for three hours what would an additional $15 do to you? And then think about it, what it would do to that person and that person's like wage. Like maybe that person would all of a sudden see like, hey, I can actually charge a little bit more because this person sees this value in this service. Or even tipping, you know? Yeah, tipping. Like something that some people do and some people don't, I notice, but tipping is like very important. And like a friend of mine, we use this quote for the campaign that we just did. A friend of mine said that people that clean our homes are the gatekeepers of our sanctuaries. Like I'm OCD. Oh, wow. Like, sorry. No, you can swear. <laughs> I don't trust anyone to come in my house. Like when I have people take care of my dog, when I'm out of town, it's always a homie or I'm like, take my dog to your house. Cause I don't want you to come in my house. Like, so if you think, if you like relay that to someone cleaning your house and being around all your private things, like, you would, you should it's want intimate. to pay them because you should want yeah. to the trust factor. Like yeah. I trust you. I need you to do this without stealing my shit. Here's extra money. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, not to say anyone would do that, but you know what I mean? Like if you're letting someone in your house, like why wouldn't you want to like invest in that like properly, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Well, it's just like a whole reframing of like different jobs out there and how we underpay th- um, different jobs, even though they're incredibly like important, like look at teachers in the U S yeah. you know, you're leaving your children with these people that are so underpaid and your children spend a majority of their childhood with this person. Yeah. You know, it, it's just so interesting. And then there's so many jobs that are like so highly paid and it's just like, really? Like, well, it's because it, it's it's taking a look at like what do we deem valuable? What do we deem like glamorous? Mm, exactly, you know? it's not glamorous. glamorous. It's, it's not, not valuable. Bougie then, or you know whatever. Then it's like oh well, it's not worth that much money. But yeah, I mean, people think that these jobs are easy. That's why they don't want to pay them a lot for like pay people for them. They're not, They're not easy. easy. No, or they think they, they say like oh someone's illegal, so they should be lucky. They're working. So I'm not going to pay them the full amount. You know what I mean? And it's also a respect thing. Like I go to Equinox. It's something I was never able to afford in my like young adult life to have a gym membership. And I love going to the sauna. It helped me with my grief a lot. So I was like doing the math and getting Equinox was the best thing. So, and I have like restorative yoga class and stuff. I love that kind of thing. I don't really work out. So I'm just going to be honest of why I go there. (laughs) I see people that go there and like, it's really easy. There's a, there's a towel place and there's a trash can, but people act like, because there's someone cleaning up in there, let me just leave my towel on the floor. Let me just leave my hair in the shower and my razors. Nobody wants to pick up that, that stuff. Like, and just because she's there, like, that's not her job to be like waiting on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I've made friends with a lot of the maids at Equinox and I'm just (laughs) like, I'm so sorry that people can't take the extra two seconds to put their towel in the towel bucket. Yeah. It's, you know, being conscientious is a part of your own refinement of your own consciousness. Yeah. You know, like, not, again. <laughs> it's just like being conscientious is a part of the refinement of your own consciousness. So it's like, yes, we, someone has to pick that up, but it's also like, 
it's just like not, it's not being conscious. It's not being conscious for the other people, but for yourself too. It's like, it's choosing laziness. Yeah. Well, it's interesting what I just thought of when it came to mind. And I do think about this a lot. I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but one of, I think the, I can't remember what it was, but um, the host is speaking about like his recovery and how, when he was a full-blown addict, heroin, cocaine, doing just using every single day, his house was a fucking mess. Like mm-hmm. everything was everywhere. Like he, you know, he exactly what you're saying. He couldn't be mindful about his surroundings because he wasn't even mindful about himself. Besides, mm-hmm. he's like, and through my recovery, it became so important for me to make my bed in the morning. And like, he's like, you think it's a small thing, putting things back where they need to be, yeah. but it's much bigger. Mm-hmm. I think about that a lot. Like, you know, when you go in a room or you go to do your laundry in my, in my apartment and I'm like, you know, and there's shit everywhere. It's like, why I can clean that up. And I do like, why, like leave things behind cleaner than when you found them. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, 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 it's creating an energy yeah. in your life that you is bigger than just cleaning up the few things that were left behind that weren't yours. There's yeah. times where like I go on jobs with people. Cause I, we're such a new business that I, I've been, I work with the girls because we're trying to, to set a standard and a quality and I want things done a certain way. And I'm like a weirdo. Like, I'm like, if I'm not there, then they're not going to do it right. I've trusted them to do it. Like I've left them on jobs before. And then like, I got a call and I was like, okay, like until I can afford to have like a handbook and like a proper training for each person, I go with them in the beginning. Um, but when I started cleaning other people's houses, like I realized how much it helped my anxiety because like just putting things, putting things back together or like making it like clean for someone else. And so they can enjoy their Sunday or like work in a clean space. Like just, you know, how good you feel after Mm -hmm. you like, it's just like, that's also like another thing is like, if I would say for people to that have anxiety problems, like, doing a job like this is really rewarding actually, because you just feel like you're putting together a puzzle sort of, or like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I can totally see that. And, um, even for me, when I was just looking at your Instagram for the brand, it was like really satisfying to look at your before <laughs> and after pictures. Yeah, that's too. I was like, that's too. yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like, if you do the cleaning, you get to experience that. Like, wow, look at this, like, before and after. feels so good. I'm studying right now at design school to become a professional organizer and a feng shui. Oh, my God, that's so cool. And feng shui specialist. (laughs) Oh, amazing. Feng shui also. So, like, yeah, like, I'm really geeky like that. Like, home is, like, obviously water signs feel this way, especially cancers. Home yeah. is like the castle. I can't. Yeah. Like, I, home. I can't be in the world. Yeah. I literally cannot be Or in how the world. good you feel when you are at home and like when you actually can afford to take a day just to stay home all day, like how good you feel. So mm-hmm. I want to help people like feel good at home. I love that. It's so amazing. Like what what an incredible story behind the brand. And then the positioning of the brand is, is so amazing. You're doing such good work there. Thank you. And I, well, one thing that I would like to plug is that we, starting this month, we're going to be giving 1% to Border Angels. Or oh, wow. I'm going to find the Instagram for you, but Border Angels official, I believe, is their Instagram. But they, like, go help, like, especially children and families at the border who – are in limbo basically um, wow food and shelter and clothing so we're going to start donating to that because I don't want to take a very vocal stance on immigration because I don't know everything and I don't want people to think that means I'm going to hire people illegally and all I don't want that kind of attention for the business mm-hmm. right now but I do believe that everyone should be given a fair chance to live in America and I support mm-hmm. the dreamers we support the dreamers and however we can give back and like help that situation. We want to. Mm-hmm. What I think is Beautiful. so cool is how vulnerable you're being about your business. Like, I don't know if I've ever done that or even, <laughs> even had like the audacity to do it, which is amazing. And I think for listeners, what's really important is like, I feel like, I feel like I talk to so many people all the time that reach out through whip and they're asking me questions about how to start a biz- business. And it's like, it doesn't have to be perfect. 
Mm-hmm. For you to start or you to put something into the world. I think that's such an amazing point. It's like you said, there's still things you're working on and there's always going to be like, once you master the things that you're working on now, there's going to be a whole other list of things that yeah. you're fixing. Or I mean, my background is not, is not starting a business. It's not working in this industry. So I think that helped me be less like fragile about it because it's not DJing. It's not being a creative director. It's not anything that I've ever done before. So I really just needed to learn you know what I mean and um the end goal is not to be hype all the time it's just to like you know like when you if I could give my money my family my money but that's not really going to solve the long-term problem you know Mm -hmm. and it's not going to help us all grow together long term I want my dad to retire long term you know what I mean like these are all things I've thought about so it's like how can we make this happen? And the fact that it wasn't something that I was so close to was what I liked about it, mm. you know? Yeah, like it didn't give you that full-on attachment where you had right. to like, yeah, I understand that completely, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All of us sitting it's here have our own something. business, it's hard. Yeah. It's become something I'm really attached to now, yeah. a year later. But, but, in the, but in the initial, yeah. you weren't, yeah. No, I was that. like, I'm fine if it's just a little small local thing and people, we go on Yelp and that's about it. Like, but because I was already in the world of like Instagram and branding, I was like, okay, let's have some fun mm-hmm. <laughs> with the colors. Let's get with the design. And like that, like got exciting for me. Um, but you know, there's so many other aspects to having a business and like, I'm just now starting, that's like hitting me in the face right now. Yeah. I have a lot of work to do. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I both get it. Yes. Yeah, we get it. Really so happy. tell tell us a little bit about your role um, at Adidas and it's it, are you doing some somewhat of a similar role with your other business? Like the well, talent? Um with Adidas, I'm doing entertainment and influencer marketing. So that basically mm-hmm. I it really just means that I'm I'm holding hands with the brand on bringing the right people and to the deserving people to be in our campaigns and mm-hmm. to um, just be working alongside the brand and supporting creatives. And I think it's like a great place to be in because I've been able to basically bring people in that we didn't see before mm-hmm. in these positions, especially women of color mm-hmm. or people serving in like mental health, like scopes, things that are Mm -hmm. uncomfortable to talk about sometimes. Like I think brands shy away from those people, but I'm noticing now we're like, we're, we're coming around to having these things be open to talk about, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I started my job, I was like super excited because I was just like, okay, now I can curate basically what I suggest to my boss because, um, yeah, like I'm different. So I get to bring in different people and that's really awesome. And that's so amazing. Yeah. So I think, I'm, you know, we have quite a bit of creatives that listen to the podcast and I know that follow um, the WIT brand, Bianca. What What is like your thoughts and advice um, being on the brand side for creators that want to work with a brand like Adidas? That's a good question. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I was on the other side of that, too. Being a mm-hmm. DJ for so many years, I worked with Adidas as a, like, I, you know, I dabbled in the whole influencer thing for a while, too, when I lived overseas. Because naturally, when you're a creative at all, that's what you get into. And maybe some of us don't like it or are not comfortable with it, but it's a, a way of earning money, or it was, mm-hmm. like, in the last year. <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now, but it it's was. True. It was. So engagement is not cool right now on Instagram. Let's just say that out loud. Yeah. Whoever works for Instagram, guys need to fix that problem. But anyways, (laughs) um, we don't care about that anymore. So what I'm saying is like with Adidas, one of the things I always noticed was it wasn't about like how many followers you have or like how hype you are. It was more about you as an individual. Like Mm -hmm. they would come to me to create things because they really liked what I was doing. And I respect that so much. And like, they do want to work with creators, like, and there's a lot of brands right now who are just looking at numbers. And I think that that's like unfair sometimes, you know, and 
I feel like there's so many like good causes that people are working hard and grinding away at on Instagram. Like even you guys work so hard, like on your podcast and you give so much free, great information out. Like those people deserve to have some support as well. You know what I mean? Regardless of what the numbers are. And I feel like, you know, that's one of the things like I was stoked about when I started on a different role at Adidas, like hearing that, you know, numbers didn't matter mm. about what you were, what the person was doing and like wow. taking interest in that. There's so much integrity in that, that you don't really see in this type of marketing, I find. Yeah. And I'm super stoked to work for a company that is like going after sustainability as well. And mm-hmm. like vocal about that. Um, and even who they choose to collaborate with, like, I feel like we're just like at a good time right now with Adidas and I'm super, I'm so excited to be on the team for that. But um, anytime I've worked with Adidas, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> like really, really great. Like just- also compensating. I mean, like this is may- maybe something I shouldn't say out loud, but like <laughs> compensating people for their work, mm-hmm. not being like, here's product. Mm-hmm. Like, being oh, we can say that. Yeah, it's fine. Being respectful enough to come to someone and be like, this is an exchange. It's mm-hmm. like, you're giving us something. We're giving you something. And yeah. We think you're worth, your, your, what you're doing is worth like actual money. So yeah. Like, that's a great tip for creatives. I would say if anyone's listening that wants to kind of get into that at the beginning, you know, taking product, if you're not, if you don't have those relationships yet for a while is fine to show brands that like, yeah, yeah, I do want to be doing this. Yeah, yeah. You have to be able Absolutely. to have that boundary after that because you can't be working for shoes or fucking jackets. Like you need to be paid yeah. because you put a lot of time and effort into creating content. And I would say, it. I think my rule, like what I would say to, for advice for creators is like, um, if you're just creating on Instagram, say like you wake up one day and you're like, I want to be an influencer. Well, you got to ask yourself, what else are you good at? What are your other strengths and talents? What can you give back? What's something that's substantial besides for posting outfits and stuff mm-hmm. like that? And try to yeah, like Chantel. choose something. <laughs> <laughs> choose, choose. I have the worst style, so I'm not doing that. <laughs> choose something that is very like solid that you are good at and like try to include that into your, whether it's cooking or I don't know, like, homemaking anything try Mm -hmm. to include that into your your routine I guess on online because we're 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 fastly getting at the point where we're getting bored us on the brand side we're getting bored with just pretty faces and yeah have nothing to say or do that's such good advice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> be so rude but that's true no it's so good like it's people need to hear it because people have these platforms with tons of people watching and if you don't have anything to say it really is like what are you doing with it yeah it's like you're, you're happy you have access to all these human beings listening and watching like and of course we want to look at beautiful photos but the more I mean, crazy your talent the better like I have a friend who's a comedian I have a friend who's like a singer songwriter but she also is in the wellness like there's so many little areas like it just nobody is so boring that that's all they have to offer yeah so I feel like that's like something I feel like yeah that's that that would be my advice is I guess if you're getting into that and you want to be noticed by brands authentically and then just to not give up on create when you create like maybe you won't get the feedback that you hope for in in value of likes but people are noticing like just we just did a campaign for moody mates which is like the most random thing ever and like over the last couple of days we've gotten like 50 extra followers but you know what those were like 50 authentic followers people mm-hmm. that didn't know about us before possible clients you know what I mean and I'd way rather that than having like a million likes for mm-hmm. face. Yeah, absolutely. The quality. Yeah. Um, do you think, so it sounds like Adidas is pretty um, forward thinking as far as like working with people that have a voice, but do you guys, this is a question for both of you. How do you guys feel about like, the influencer marketing and brands when someone does have a strong voice on Instagram that is like speaking up against immigration, speaking up against, you know, different issues. 
is your intuition that brand shy away from that? Or are you seeing partnerships with people who are doing like activism work? I feel like it's a, it's a thin line really, but yeah. like you can't, you got to watch it, but also be, I think that, yeah, like it's obvious that people have the same opinion about some things, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that they would like choose to publicize it on a very large scale, but I don't think that they would shy away from working with somebody who has those opinions. Like I said, mental health is like something like I've really supported and gotten behind and brought people to the brand that were behind mental um, health things. And I think that's still taboo to talk about, which is why I'm really open about my own struggle because there's no shame in it. A lot of people suffer and they're just like afraid to talk about it because of people shying around it. So I feel like the more normalized we can make it, the better it is for individuals to feel mm. less weird about struggling, you know? And some people don't even know that they're suffering from depression, you know? Yeah. It's just like, you have to like, yeah. Like I used to be really like, oh, I shouldn't post this when I'm sad on Instagram. I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell people when I'm having a bad day, I should just post a nice photo. And then when my mom died, I was like, fuck this. I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. I, there's no pretending. Like, this is what yeah. I'm going through. Other people have been through it. And, like, literally my community. It's refreshing, too. Yeah, my community. As hard as it is. It's hard do. to share. But my community on Instagram till this day, people that have, like, my, I say community, not followers, because I don't like that word. But my community on Instagram, people that have lost parents, um, who have gone through the same things, they're just like, oh, like, thank you. you. You're showing me that I can keep going and that there's like light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm like, I don't even know how I'm okay, but thank you for sharing that with me because it's like, it's the human part about social media that we need. Yeah, the connection is so healing. Yeah. Yeah, like seeing yourself and someone else's pain is is super, super healing. Yeah, and giving advice to I like have talks with people all the time just in DMs about like what worked for me worked mm-hmm. for them, similar experiences and stuff like that um, and it just helps I think and like I think I wouldn't be there if it wasn't for those things I really would try to find something else to do yeah. <laughs> there's there's like so many times where I'm like well I'm a, I, I don't need to post today because I have a job like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel that way a lot and it feels good to be in that position and not to have to depend on it. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause it can be a really toxic place as, as amazing as it can be too. Right. It's the duality of even Instagram is, it can be really bad and it can be really good. Mm-hmm. But we're all fighting the good fight here. Yes. <laughs> on this side anyway, we're yeah. trying our fucking best. Yeah. <laughs> amazing thank you so much yeah thank you for being so candid and like open about everything that you've been going through i'm excited it's nice to like to it's i like listening to you guys' podcast because it feels like listening to people having like a friendly conversation but also you're like oh yeah i feel the same (laughs) i was listening to your 20 thing about like your affirmations and then and like sometimes when you give advice about money things and i'm yeah. <laughs> getting ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing my life. P.S. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to talk to you guys about the friendship thing you were mentioning earlier because it sounded oh. so juicy. Okay, let's switch gears a bit. So, okay. um, I'll just kind of start by saying it's funny because I've had the same friendship talk conversation with three people in the last four days. I'm saying I'm thinking. So I just thought uh, that's why I mentioned it before we jumped on could be a kind of interesting topic but I don't know I was just thinking about like evolving through friendships and life and Mm. and what that kind of feels like and looks like and I feel I was saying this to a friend yesterday because she was like oh my god I just feel so guilty because I've had all these friends for like my whole life and now I have friends that I've only known for a year or two that are way closer to me than any of them were Mm -hmm. so the guilt of releasing those friendships how to do that and then also you know, just move forward into new friendships without feeling like I have to keep these old ones because I feel bad. Like mm. keep a relationship in your life. What do you My, think? Yeah. My thought on this is if that you've only had the same group of friends since you were a child, you have stayed in the same frequency since you were a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when you're on a path of growth, 
you can't help but like attract new people in your life. Yeah. You know, like sorry, sorry to offend someone who might be kind of in that situation, but I would look at that and be like, am I, is there something that's blocking me from creating new relationships and like expanding my friendships? Yeah, we were talking about how it came up with her and I talking about it was like I I had lived in Europe for seven and a half years. And when I moved back, all of my old friends from America were like instantly like in my face again. But we hadn't spoke over those years. And I did a lot of growth. I'm mm-hmm. it was the difference between my 20s and my mid 30s, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. which now I'm just completely a different person at, not completely, but I am, you know, in so many your ways. Your essence is the same, but yeah. like you're evolving with your essence. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. And I let some people, like some old people back in, not that they were ever kicked out, but I let them like come around again. And I was just like, yo, like, I don't even like you. Like, <laughs> I don't even like you. And then I feel stressed out about when you ask me to make plans and I say yes, and I don't enjoy this time. And it's like, that's like a negative experience for me. And So like, I really had to set boundaries this past year about that. And like, yeah, like, and also I told her, I was just like praying for new friends, like fresh people in my life, like, and people that it's just like, not so hard, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like more forced, like it's just natural. Yeah. I think a lot of it is exactly that. It's like, we just, we feel like we're, we don't realize that being a human being is flowy. It's up and down and it's like water, right? So it's like, you feel like you have to hold on to this thing because that's kind of like what we're taught to do. Like, you know, the longest friendships are the best ones. And, you know, sometimes they are. Sometimes you do evolve together and sometimes it does keep growing and you both keep growing together. That does happen, but it's not, it's, it's pretty rare. Yeah. And it's It's just about like allowing these, a person to come into your life, just like an intimate relationship. And then when it's time to release, letting them go without all the guilt. Like I have lots of friends that I still love and I do not talk to them every day. I have no interest in having them in my life anymore. And it sounds harsh, but I still love them. Yeah. The love can go anywhere, but we're just not on the same wavelength. Like it's, it's that simple, but it's really a practice in like letting it come in and then letting it release just like anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be dramatic. I feel like it could just be like mutual sometimes. Like if you just back off a little bit, then the other person eventually gets it. But some people do make drama about it and take it offensively, depending on where they're at in their life, I think. Yeah. But, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, oh. I really haven't experienced that recently in my 30s. But when in my 20s, when I was like, mm, <laughs> no, I can't be friends with you anymore or like slowly backing off from people they I think that that was like okay let me I'm gonna hate this person or like talk shit about them because like they felt like they were too good for me like that's like attitude in the 20s but now I feel like it's like mutual sort of like okay well you're not hitting me up I'm not gonna hit you up wish you luck love yeah love, you're love. just not you're just not my my people right now yeah yeah what are you gonna say Sean Well, I have this situation, um, where I, so when I broke up with my fiance and we were together for nine years, um, I had this friend who I was friends with for like 17 years. Okay. But she would like moved, she was like always living in different parts of the world. And we kind of like, we had distance between us, um, physically, but also like, just like emotionally and mentally as well, because I started getting into some of the things that I'm into now and she's not into that. So like I'm going to cult and it just wasn't working. Exactly. (laughs) She didn't want to wear all white and a turban. (laughs) That's Kundalini. So no, yeah, just like we were very different, but anyways, she, at the end of my relationship, we hung out like once or what with your fiance you mean yeah with my fiance um we hung out like you know on a double date with her new boyfriend and my fiance and uh, her new boyfriend really liked my fiance so when I broke up with my fiance she started hanging out with him all the time and because her boyfriend really liked my ex-fiance and now they like double date with his new girlfriend. And I was just devastated. I was like, 
this is so weird. This is like one of my, this is one of my longest friends, like 17 years. And it just feels so uncomfortable. Like I feel a bit betrayed, but then I was like, it doesn't matter about the time. Yeah. You know, like we were just not aligned and it actually makes more sense for her to be friends with him because I broke up with him because he was not aligned with me. We were in a totally different space, but she's like more matched with him. So that just makes sense. Yeah. But it's funny, like how attached we get, like we can get terror or I got very territorial about like the, like the, the um, amount of energy that was put into the relationship because of the time period. Right. You know, it's, I would, I would feel the same way as you, I guess. But but if you listen to what you really said, initial, initially, your ego was afraid mm-hmm. and devastated and all of those things. Mm-hmm. But then when you move past that and think about it more, you're kind of like, I don't really even want to hang out with any of you. So, so it's like, it's like you kind of wake up and be like, okay, well, you have to, you have to just like remove the petty because that's what it is. It's like your attachment to like, I want to control this situation. And like, we were friends for so long. I get it. I get it. I would be devastated initially too. Yeah. Once you step back and you're like, oh, I'm actually, this has nothing to do with me anymore. That's so true. And also um, like turning my hurt that I had towards her into just like an appreciation for the parts of her that I, that like I appreciated. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I, you know, we'll always have these times together and I really appreciated that. And that's it. Like that was the most freeing thing I could do from the, um, like being stuck in the hurt and the betrayal of it or like the chain. It's not even a, it's less betrayal. It's more of like a change of what was the norm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I I mean, I don't know when you're speaking, what I can think of is like, it's just, energy it's like when your energy actually changes inside of your body it's going to attract new things there was one point that I had accumulated all these people in my life that were my friends at the time that because I was in a super dark place and then when I was not in that dark place around anymore I looked around and I was like I don't want to be friends with any of these people and they're like Bianca's boring now like a year pardon (laughs) and I'm like and they're and they're like Bianca's boring now yeah (laughs) When I lost my mom, I, um, I noticed that like the ones, like my diehard friends reached out, you know, like no matter the time apart from each other. And then some people, some people, like when I moved back to America and started working these like cool jobs that could benefit people, you know, they would hit me up and be like, oh, you're back. I'm like, yeah, my mom died a year ago. You fuck me. Mm, like, I'm yeah. back in the worst situation. Don't hit me up because like, you know what I mean? You pay attention to the parts of me that could benefit you. Yeah. Not like, like the important parts. So that really helped me weed out a lot of people, honestly. Cause I did take that offensively when people that I felt like were, I was close with at one point in life, like when something like that happens to you, like, the people, no matter how much time, it could be five years we didn't speak. You could be my ex-boyfriend that hated me. Like those people reached out, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and uh, the people that reached out like later on their own accord without acknowledging that because mm-hmm. I was I was living back in the States. I was just like, no, I'm good on you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those situations are so hard, but they also give you information that yeah. is really helpful. To yeah. see like what the true motivations are. Also, I, I was mentioning this to Bianca the other day, like recognizing too the friends that are like um, only there for you when you're when you are cl- like talking about something in your life that's like negative, mm. um, like a personality who likes to um, be like the hero. Down, only for, like friends that are only there when you're financially down, but then when you're up, they're like. You bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like when you're doing something that's like good and you want to, you want to feel celebrated, like they're not really there. They're like, they just love to be there as the caretaker. Yeah. Like that's a good way too to look at friendships and not like meaning you need to like get rid of those people, but it's all, it's, you know, there's something going on that's like slightly codependent. Yeah. Some people have a hard time feeling 
happy for other people too, I noticed. And it's easier to be in misery together than it is to like, for one person to be doing well and the other person may not be there yet. Yeah. I felt the same with like relationships, especially like my most recent situation, like a guy that cannot be like, if you're doing better than them financially and uh, like they feel emasculated by the fact oh. that people go out to dinner or you can go on a vacation and they can't. So oh. wrong with you because you ask them to do something that they can't afford to do. Mm, yeah, that's such a tough one. Yeah, it's something I'm going through right now. Like, totally, it feel like this person made me feel like I was too nice because I offered to invite them in on experiences that they couldn't afford to do, but I could. But because yeah. I just wanted their company, and I'm not like I've never been the kind of girl that's like I need a man to pay for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that is hard for some men to accept, I think, just yeah. because of the like traditional role that we put on them that they have to be the one paying. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other fucking It's a whole other podcast. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm so interested in that. I've had that situation happen. It was less about it was less about that, but it was still in the same realm of like I found that the person I was dating was trying to compete with me. Oh, damn. With really? Yeah. Like, and I didn't notice it right away. And then I was kind of like, um, I'm confused. Like it was like, and it was like, we did totally different things too. So it was just such a weird experience. I don't know. It just, all this points to is like how different it is right now. And like how different our roles are. People you know? need to be like, I feel like, every, like if you're somebody that's done inner work, like inside of yourself and you're on that path of constantly doing inner work, you can only match with somebody else that's doing inner work or has done inner work or yeah. has work. Like, cause like if you're, if you've done it before, you can visibly tell when you're around somebody that they have shit to do. And if yeah. they haven't yeah. started yet, they're not going to understand you and it's not going to work. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like very sad because the potential could be there, but you can't, do that work for somebody you know okay, here's a question do you <laughs> do you okay so if you see the potential in the person right do you Ooh. stick around okay, <laughs> you stick around and you try to do it for them <laughs> do you stick around what's the healthy choice is what I'm asking do you stick around and like help nourish that so they can get to that point or do you just be like fuck it I'm gonna wait for the next person who's already on my spiritual level or whatever that is Mm, that is there's a line between being like I'm gonna like be if that person's open to the help and assistance then I say like really open to the point of actually doing it yeah like if they're (laughs) open to like to listen to like take your advice and like you can push nudge them along maybe you're a blessing in their life but I still don't feel like I feel like at, like at this point, like I'm, well, I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm 34 and I'm like not trying to waste my time no more. Yeah. <laughs> it's distracting and it's also draining, especially I'm an empath. So like when I give to people, it's like, it's just draining to give to someone who's not receiving it the right way. So I've decided like boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And like, that's just a sign. It's a sign from God, the universe, whatever, that that person is not aligned with where you're at. And so that means you're like blocking your blessings from being able to be open to another person. Yeah. And they say, they say as women, when you're close to finding someone, all the crazies are going to come out. (laughs) And and my friends, the the ones that are like going to suck you dry, all of them are going to come out. You're going to have lots of options, but you need to pass the test of like understanding your worth and your value and your time and your energy and everything you worked hard for inside should not be like squashed by this one experience. (sighs) Yeah. Or that's where I am right now. That's no, I get yeah. it. I totally, I, get it. I totally get it. Yeah, that's that's such a good answer. I don't think I could have put it so eloquently. But yeah, that's such a good answer. Because um, it's always for me like the fine line of being like, okay, I see the potential. Mm-hmm. But then Oprah says you cannot live in, you cannot date someone's potential. No. You've got to actually date what's in front of you. And they can go and do their, their, their stuff and like meet that potential and then 
come back and be like later if you're still single call me when you've taken these courses that I suggested <laughs> <Call me laughs> once you're done we can talk call me when you reach your potential thank you <laughs> yeah but also um in a relationship there's always going to be more work too yeah. right like you know, I'm I, talking from the lens of like, you know, if you're, I'm not saying up here in an arrogant way, I'm saying just like done more work yeah. and work through more of your shit Even and someone's so far behind you. It's, it's hard to constantly be lifting them up because then. Yeah. Behind. Yeah. Even yeah. confidence. I think men, sometimes men don't have the same level of confidence, even if they're like able to hit on women and stuff, they're, they're still like innerly not confident, which like keeps them back from like doing all the shit that they need to do or like balancing you'd be surprised men can't balance stuff hmm. yeah um we went to some sex and love addicts meeting mm-hmm. like um I don't know when we did that in the spring and there I got a reading I was given like some a pamphlet thing and I was reading about Um, someone's story of like constantly going into the room and like scanning people to hit on and they would come across as like the most confident person but it actually was like one of the signals of their sex addiction which was um, a result of like feeling no self-worth and it's like that kind of like okay book a lot of options so I'm never left hanging because I can't be with myself so like like you said like confidence is kind of sometimes masked masked um insecurity I want to I think I have a copy of the reading I'll read it because it's so good our sex and love addiction dictating who and what we had striven to be in the world had supplied our principal source of identity our entire self-concept We had felt so self-assured surveying a crowded room, advertising or broadcasting our availability. We knew we would be met with similar energy from others, a never-ending source of rain checks. What security we had derived knowing we could foster insecurity in others, making them all the more needy and dependent on us, thus ensuring our own sense of well-being. We enjoyed the power of our sex appeal we enjoyed the power our sex appeal gave us in for, enforcing our dominance over others by hinting that they could be replaced. Mm. We felt safe in knowing that physically, emotionally, and mentally, we can continue to attract new people to us or further bind those already in our web. I remember that reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's just like a different view on like the person who's like hitting on everyone. Yeah. Well, this podcast took a turn. I know, right? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's what we do over here. Well, I don't know. I just want to acknowledge you for being so open and surprising me because I, you know, we didn't, we just jumped in. I love it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It's cool. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. Your businesses and your work are so inspiring. What area does your um, made business serve? Uh, Right now we're serving New York and Brooklyn and starting in spring 2020, possibly summer 2020, depending on how things go. We're going to be in LA as well. Wow. Um, Normally just in like Encino, um, Studio City, Los Angeles, and like like Silver Lake areas for the moment. Can yeah. you give them all of your handles so everyone can find all of your businesses? Sure. Can we just and spell you? it? I guess. Well, I'm going to leave it all okay. in the description. Okay, yeah. uh, my Instagram is Ariel Salier. And uh, our Instagram for Moody Maids is at Moody Maids. And then my agency is Filet Mignon Agence, like French agency. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing.